Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Stephanie or Steph Angle. Steph, how are you doing today? Just fine. Thank you so much for having me. And Steph's here to share her testimony with us today. Steph, just start out telling us about where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. Thanks. So I remember being a pretty happy kid, um, pretty content, and growing up in a, a really wonderful home. My parents love the Lord, and they've been married for about 40 years, and I'm the youngest of five. I grew up in West Virginia uh, for the most part until I was nine, and when I was nine, we moved to Texas. Mm. And uh, from Texas, I lived there until I was 18 when I got married just a couple years ago, and my husband and I live in Harrisonburg now. So tell us a little bit about what it's like growing up the youngest of five children. (laughs) So I have three older brothers and then an older sister. Uh, She's uh, closest in age to me, but she's still six years older. Mm. So I uh, really felt like an only kid sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. I was five years after my last brother, so Mm -hmm. I get that. It was just different not having them close in age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had a pretty um, pretty stable home environment. Um, my mom taught ballet to my sister and I, along with others in our community. Uh, we were homeschooled, and my family was heavily involved in our church community. Um, I accepted Jesus as my Savior when I was five. I truly believe He was always calling me close to Him, and that when I was five, that was the point that I decided I wanted to surrender my life to Him. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize just how much surrendering was yet to be done, though, on my part. When uh, I was real little, uh, my dad was in the military, and my two brothers joined, and they were scheduled to fly back home on 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so 9-11 hit, and their involvement in the military um, looked very different mm. from what we all thought it would be. So yeah. starting at about age three onwards, my brothers and dad were all deployed mm. um, multiple times. And so that was very much the beginning of um, fear and uncertainty and this feeling like I was a little bit out of control. Mm. Yeah. So just going back, um, you said that you gave your life to Christ at age five. I just want to go back to that for just a minute. Mm. What surrounded that? Do you remember? That's young, I but I bet you remember. I remember it was actually my sister's friend, Joy. Uh, she was getting baptized, and she shared her testimony briefly. And I remember being so inspired, not by her testimony so much, by um, her life. Mm. Um, she was always kind to me and someone that I really admired. And so I really wanted what she had. Mm. That's powerful. Mm. How we live out the testimony really makes a difference. Um, because we're called to be light, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that stuff. And I can relate to coming to Christ at a young age and growing up in the church and with parents and ministry. And just talk about after that experience where you mentioned your sister's friend being baptized and sharing her testimony and accepting Christ for yourself, what he did in your life after that. Well, shortly thereafter... My youngest brother, who's 12 years older than I am, uh, he ended up coming back from college and um, really announcing to our family that he wanted to turn his life um, 
away from the Lord. Mm. And that was a really dark time for my family. And shortly thereafter, he moved out of state. And I've only seen him three times in the last 15 years. Mm. But through that, um, I remember that being the first time, along with you know my dad and brothers being gone often, realizing that um, I really wasn't in control. And that those difficult things that were happening um, were things that God desired for me to cast onto him because he mm-hmm. cares for me. And so um, that's when I really started to feel my faith um, being tested and realizing that, um, you know, God was calling me a little deeper than just the surface level behavior. Mm -hmm. We also ended up moving uh, to Texas when I was nine. And so we we left our, um, you know, everything that we knew. And um, I remember the night before, um, my sister and I were pretty torn up about it, pretty sad. And... Um, my sister called into bed with me, which is something she never did because she was six years older and too cool for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up hugging each other and crying. And I remember praying out loud for the first time. Mm. Um, it wasn't my first time to pray out loud, but praying out loud that Jesus would fill that situation with peace. Mm. And he did. And I remember realizing for the first time the power and the access that we had um, as believers to pray to Jesus and that he wanted to be present with us, Mm. to comfort us. That move ended up being really wonderful for us, though. Um, My sister got plugged in with church right away and um, youth group, and uh, I ended up taking a very different route. I ended up dancing ballet, and I was fast-tracking it to the professional world. and struggling with a lot of things um, like body image and comparing myself and not having very deep relationships in the church. And I'm thankful that God kind of pulled me out of that situation. Mm. I ended up quitting and um, started taking a very different route in life. Um, Some wonderful girls in my youth group around that time ended up really investing in me. They were a couple years older and they encouraged me to think outside of myself, my mm-hmm. own insecurity, and start looking at the people around me. Wow. Yeah. I think that is so powerful when we have people that can help us not focus on what we see in ourselves, but be able to look around us and see how God could use us. Mm-hmm. And not so much getting all of our needs met, mm-hmm. but helping us figure out that we had a greater purpose. Right. Yeah, and I can remember the first time that a teacher spoke that into my life, that there was purpose, mm-hmm. and that kind of changes everything. Yeah. So how did that change? It really does. Um, what happened after that for you? I ended up getting heavily involved in our youth group. Um, I poured a lot of time and energy in, and uh, through that, I ended up being so blessed. Um, what you said, Pastor Margaret, mm-hmm. about not necessarily focusing on our own needs or our own, you know, hang-ups, but um, kind of looking outside of ourselves. Um, I ended up being you know, a person in our youth group who could um, talk to the shyest person and mm-hmm. help them get out of their shell, like mm-hmm. I had been just the year before. Yeah. Um, but then also someone who had some really deep, wonderful friendships with other people in the mm-hmm. church. Um, I also got to go on several mission trips and... Um, 
just really threw myself into service. Um, when I was 16, uh, we ended up selling our small farm and we moved to an apartment ministry uh, mm. for women. It was a halfway house for women with our church. And it was a big step. Um, it was my two cats and my parents and I living in a 450 square foot apartment. Wow. Um, <laughs> but that really was another huge step in my personal walk with the Lord um, to have my eyes open to um, just a different way of life that I had never experienced. And I realized for the first time that given different circumstances, I would be right there alongside them. Mm-hmm. And um, God gave me the gift of doing life alongside them. And um, through that, I was introduced to Celebrate Recovery mm-hmm. and was asked to be the co-leader for the landing, which is for teenagers. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. And um, just uh, you were talking about your parents ministering to, I believe you said it was a halfway house for girls mm-hmm. and just that having a huge impact. I don't know if there's stories you want to share that you learned from that or you also mentioned getting involved in the youth group and you know being a witness to shy kids in the youth group and also going on mission trips. So any of those things that you would like to share that had an impact and how they impacted your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think growing up, I had this idea, and a lot of people kind of projected this on my family, that we were a perfect family. And in many ways, we were. We were so blessed. Um, But I think entering into those situations and digging a little deeper into um, interpersonal relationships and learning to open up about my own struggles, um, it opened doors for me and realized that none of us is perfect and we all struggle with various things on various levels. And you can talk to anyone who's willing to be open and realize that you share a common struggle with them. And uh, that was life changing for me because I think before that, um, most of my personal relationships with people were very surface level. Mm -hmm. Um, That was certainly tested a lot. Um, When my husband and I got married, and we moved to Norfolk, Virginia originally, um, and he was attending law school, and so very busy. Um, and I guess a little backstory on my husband and I. Um, we so a little backstory on my husband and I. We grew up as neighbors in Texas, and uh, we didn't start dating though until um, I was graduated from high school and he graduated from uh, undergrad. And once we started dating, um, it was very short-lived, and we just knew that we loved each other and we wanted to get married. So we got married within a year, and uh, I made the move out to Norfolk, Virginia, uh, where he was attending law school. And um, I had all of these ideas about how I was going to plug right into community, um, and it was going to be kind of easy because I, you know, had a lot of practice with it, and I I thought it would um, come naturally, and we jumped right into a church. Um, It was really, really wonderful church, but a lot of people there were in different life circumstances than we were, and we just didn't connect very well. Um, So we did a lot of praying, and a year and a half later, um, I found myself at an all-time low. Mm. Um, I was so lonely, within marriage, which is something that I never thought I would experience. And my husband was very busy and is a very wonderful man, but I quickly learned that 
you know, he wasn't the person in my life that was going to fulfill my every need. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't be that person for him. And I didn't know what to do with that. Um, I'd heard it, I knew it on an intellectual level, but experiencing it firsthand was really difficult, Mm -hmm. especially when I wasn't in community with other people I could talk to about it. So that's when I decided that um, I needed to go back to celebrate recovery Mm -hmm. uh, for myself. And so I did. I took a leap of faith. I you know, admitted that I had hurts, habits, and hang-ups, that I was struggling, that I was in isolation mm. and um, afraid. And um, I think some of those fears from childhood that came from my mm-hmm. dad and brothers being deployed mm. all the time um, were kind of manifesting themselves and you know, being afraid of the fact that my husband was studying all the time. Uh, it was interesting to see those connections and then to connect with other women that shared those same feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of that, discovering brand new, um, the gift of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in my life, and the power that he has to come in to indwell us and to give us the tools necessary um, to rise up and to not live in fear anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also coming to this brand new realization that God does not call us to live this walk in isolation, um, mm. but that he surrounds us with people um, who want to walk this walk yeah. with us. Do you think, um, you talked about in your youth, in your teenage years, youth group, early mm. on, there was a lot of surface relationships, right? And I think that happens because we don't think anyone would understand us and no one else Mm. seems to be going through anything, right? Right. Mm. And you're opening up, um, realizing, one, that you were back in a pattern Mm. of where you found yourself as a little girl, you know, um, missing people in your life that were taken out uh, for a season and realizing that that was what was happening again. And you did something about it. I don't know what your experience was with the landing, but I would dare say that if you hadn't had the landing experience, you wouldn't have been able Mm -hmm. to know that you needed Celebrate Recovery, right? so true, yeah. My experience with the landing was pretty much under the basis that I was a Mm -hmm. co-leader. And looking back on it, I think the leadership asked me to participate in that because I was already living life with many of these girls Mm -hmm. in the apartment ministry. And that was a good thing. But at the time, I didn't feel um, very open to share because I had this idea that as a leader, um, as a person in authority, that I had to to put on this facade um, mm. of being a good Christian girl. And I didn't want to, you know, embrace, uh, you know, habits or characteristics that weren't really me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really able to admit, you know, that I, I was struggling with anything at the time. And... Coming to that place of realization, full swing, that um, I did struggle with things Mm -hmm. and that it was my responsibility to speak up um, and to find a a safe place to Mm -hmm. share because that is difficult. But uh, finding that safe place to share, um, whether it's in a Bible study or with a good group of friends from your work who you can rely on to be trustworthy, whether it's through Celebrate Recovery or your church, that is just so important. And I really believe and trust that God is faithful when you ask him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've realized in this journey is 
you know, I realized I was at a low point in our marriage about a year and a half in, and I began to pray in faith, trusting that God would open up that avenue for me to find mm-hmm. community, and he did. Mm-hmm. So how did that change how did that change your marriage? Because now mm-hmm. you were finding a place. You had this group of people that you could share with and come back in maybe in a more fulfilling mm-hmm. um, position in your marriage, feeling more fulfilled than having a void that you really didn't know what to do with. Right. How did that change? I'm wondering even your interactions mm-hmm. with him when you all were together. And that might be too much of a personal question. No, that's good. I I think I started to realize, and it was um, something that the, the women I was surrounding myself with really emphasized the fact that um, I needed to work on my own issues and my own insecurities um, first and just trust God with my husband and the things that he was struggling with. And that was huge. I started to realize that I had relied so much on people um, that I care about and truly love. Um, you know, Celebrate Recovery calls it codependency. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's an unhealthy dependency on another person mm-hmm. to fulfill your own needs. And I, I started to realize that it's not that I need to just toughen up. It's that I need to find that dependency in Christ and mm-hmm. in Christ alone. And so beginning to um, dig into his word more, um, I did an in-depth study, which is called a step study through Celebrate Recovery, and um, really just took a hard, fast look at my own personal life and um, came to terms with things that I struggled with and didn't gloss over them anymore Mm -hmm. and admitted them. And my husband certainly noticed. Um, We've always had very clear communication um, in the past, but moving forward, I didn't have as much of a need to make him understand um, Mm -hmm. because I realized that it was up to him and God to figure Mm -hmm. me out. That's right. And so, and all of that to be said, I I just finished that in-depth study uh, last July and uh, in August we moved to Harrisonburg. Mm. And so it's been another life change. Um, And then on top of that, we also found out that we're expecting a baby girl in February. Thank you. <laughs> well, Steph, you mentioned that in August you guys moved to Harrisonburg. Mm. What brought you guys to Harrisonburg? Yeah, so my husband graduated from law school, and we also found out recently that he passed the bar exam, mm. uh, so he'll be um, a new attorney, and so we're so thankful for that. Um, he took a job here, mm. um, and so that's what brought us here mm-hmm. initially. Shortly after he took the job here in Harrisonburg, I started applying to jobs myself, mm-hmm. and a job at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene popped up, and I had no idea what the Church of the Nazarene was, um, denomination-wise. So I, I looked that up first and made sure it, it was something I could align with, and ended up being very impressed with um, just how much I aligned with mm-hmm. um, the beliefs of the church and the things that the church holds dear. So I applied for the job and was accepted, and I've been on the HFCN team for the last three months, and I'm so thankful to be a part. And uh, we enjoy having you staff on board, and uh, you also mentioned when you were talking about moving to Harrisonburg that you guys found out that you're expecting a baby girl, so if you'd like to share anything about that. Well, this is just 
a brand new phase in life that my husband and I are very excited about, but also realize that, yeah, there's some scary parts as well, and our life is going to change from here on. And so community has been really important to me, um, and I'm approaching delving into community in a different way than I have before. And I'm really thankful that God has given me different tools um, to use, just trusting him to make all things right, you know, as I, as I'm faithful. And God has really made it clear that, you know, even though I was working at a church, we thought we might attend a different church. So we tried out several and just God directed us to join HFCN. And uh, I'm just really thankful for that. He's built in community for us already. Mm-hmm. Well, we are certainly thankful for you and Alex and having you on the team. Uh, you bring uh, such a great set of gifts, very different from mine, <laughs> but very, very wonderful gifts. And I've watched um, as you've joined the team, and I think you really understand what it is to be a part of the team and to embrace the values that um, that we hold dear. And I'm just grateful even when I heard, and I may have been on vacation when I heard that um, someone had been hired and they were coming. And I also heard that they were had been a part of Celebrate Recovery. And it's been really neat to see you come in to even Celebrate Recovery and find places that you could use your gifts to help us be better. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful um, just to see how quickly you all have found some community and felt like you could embrace this as your church home. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And so welcome home. Thank you. Um, it was great. Um, you all joined the church officially a few Sundays ago, and uh, that was just a great moment um, mm-hmm. to realize that um, you all had come in, and it didn't take you long, as you had said, um, to find that place uh, that you wanted to worship. Yeah, Steph, uh, you were talking about you know finding your purpose and finding community and really fitting into the church here. What do you feel like is the greatest purpose that God has given you in life? Grayson, that's a great question. I really believe that it's just to love well in whatever sphere God places me. Um, I've been in quite a few various spheres. Um, I grew up in a small town in West Virginia and then moved and lived on a farm for a short time, been a part of a military family, lived in a women's halfway house, was a law school wife and now an attorney's wife. In Norfolk, where we were living, we were living in a pretty rough neighborhood, and there were multiple ways in which I could love more deeply, Um, whether it was our neighbors who were having marital strife or the people I was working with in a very secular realm. And certainly moving here, um, working at the church um, in an administrative role, I come into contact with people um, both inside the church and outside the church every day. And... Now, um, as becoming a mother, um, I really feel a strong pull and call on my life from God uh, to be a loving mother to my child. That is wonderful. I think that's such a high calling Mm -hmm. to be able to love our children well. And it's amazing how throughout your life you have had role models that have loved you well, Mm -hmm. Um, parents that you actually were in ministry with and then in the youth group when you had people that helped you mm. to see beyond um, yourself. And I just, I look at all of that, and you're young still, 
Uh, but you've had a lot of life experience. And I, I'm just am, always amazed at how God builds and builds and builds us in certain directions towards our purpose when we'll just surrender to Him and um, embrace the hard stuff and not make it anyone else's issue, but seek Him and His Word and seek community. And I think God honors that. And I see that happening uh, with you and just your obedience at I'm going to say it again, a very young age. Um, but you've, God's been faithful, and He is faithful to us uh, to help guide and direct us. And each experience seems to just build upon another experience. And to be able to find a place where you can work and, and use the gifts God has given you too in the midst of that. So is there anything that you haven't shared with us yet that you would like to share, uh, maybe even something that for those listening today uh, that would give them hope for the place they find themselves in. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything like that? Pastor Margaret, thank you for that encouragement. And you're right that God has really blessed me with being in this stage of life where, you know, my gifts and passions and lessons learned are really able to be effective and used in the workplace and in my community life Mm -hmm. as well. Just that I used to really struggle and get so caught up on frequent failures, whether they were small or large, um, and just this idea of never measuring up um, and still struggling with personal issues. And I realize now that walking with the Lord is a daily decision and a daily surrender. Mm. And just as I daily come to Jesus, um, he desires to fill me up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, a one-time, you know, Jesus says, yep, you're fixed, and, and then sets you out on the road. Um, he walks with us. And furthermore, he gives us people to walk this journey with. And I just want to leave our listeners with this verse of encouragement. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Um, I don't need to be caught up in the failures, um, but rather committing them to Jesus in prayer. Um, I press on toward the goal, trusting that God makes all things right as I surrender to his will. Yes, that is so, um, it is encouraging. And you know, we have been bought with a price, haven't we? Mm -hmm. We're not our own. And I think the temptation of the enemy would be for us to focus on ourself and what we need. And I remember Beth Moore saying this years ago in a Bible study. She said, you know, once she realized that she would go to the Lord and he would fill her up to the top and overflowing of what she needed. And then in that southern voice, she would say, and if anybody else done anything nice, it was just the gravy on the top. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. Like, we've got to know that in Christ, um, we are fulfilled. Yeah. He gives us everything we need for life and for godliness. And that is where we're to find our fulfillment. Um, it's not going to happen in other people. It will leave us feeling very empty and unfulfilled. 
And I think when we can come to the Lord and he can fill us up, fill up our cup, and then we find community and find out that everyone struggles. I've said it before on here, I'm sure, that ever since the very first family, there's been dysfunction. The very first family in creation, um, there's always been dysfunction in families, and none of us have gotten it right. Um, With sin in the world, it's just the way it is. But in Christ, He comes and gives us everything that we need. Absolutely. His mercies are new every morning, for sure. Steph, thank you for uh, sharing that encouragement verse. Uh, just letting us know it's, it's not us, but it's Christ that we live for, and it's his life living in us. So that's great. Thank you for joining Pastor Margaret and I today, Steph. It's been a joy to have you. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Stephanie Angle's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.